Welcome to Season 2 of the Vino Vultures Podcast. My name is Brad, and I will be your host as we dive into the wonderful world of wine. On this show, we will explore wine culture, discuss frugal ways to experience the best wines your tight budget can handle, and try to answer the age-old question, do I have enough wine? During this season, we'll be exploring the eight international grapes. The whites will come first, and then we'll go to the reds. Today's episode is all about Sauvignon Blanc, the second of the four whites, and I really hope that you enjoy it. Here we go. Sauvignon Blanc, or sometimes called Fumé Blanc in California, is the second of the international grapes that we'll be diving into. The grape is known for a light to medium body, medium to medium high acidity, and characteristics of tropical fruits, herbs, fresh cut garden grass, smoke, green tea, grapefruit, and sometimes I will even tell you that it smells like cat urine. Yes, you heard me correct, cat urine. It can be aged in either oak or stainless steel, but you are more likely to find it aged in stainless, and this translates well as most are made into dry table wines. Unlike Riesling, it's a grape that has very specific characteristics that pair well with a large array of different foods, and it truly earns its name. Savoyant comes from the French word sauvage, and it's used to describe its wild notes of herbs. Even though the true origin of the grape is disputed, the top Sauvignon Blanc in the world all seem to stem from the Loire Valley of France. This leads me to a larger discussion on origin, however. Both Bordeaux and the Loire Valley of France claim it as their own, and neither appears to be gaining traction over the other. Both provide the grape with temperate to cool climates, and both have this in abundance. Outside of the Loire Valley, you can find other excellent translations of Sauv Blanc in New Zealand, California, and Bordeaux. New Zealand's are iconically exploding with notes of grapefruit and other tropical fruits, and you can find bottles there that, in my opinion, rival even those in the Loire Valley. On the other hand, California Sauvignon Blanc takes a different twist altogether. In many ways, they mimic the same process as the Chardonnays. Pungent new oak barrels and heavy manipulation are utilized with mixed results. Most of these will be labeled instead as Fumé Blanc, rather than Sauvignon Blanc to avoid any confusion as to what you're about to purchase. As for Bordeaux, they're famous for blending the grape with others, such as white Semillon grape. This results in a wine that can be both sweet and dry. The Semillon grape is used as a softener, but in certain areas it can be so present that it results in what can only be described as a dessert wine. One very key note that cannot be overlooked is that this wine above 
all others can give a telltale sign of being improperly made. If you find yourself with a seemingly vegetable taste in your mouth, let's say asparagus, that wine is undoubtedly one that was made with grapes that were either pulled too early or one where the vines were left unattended to a point where they wildly took over quite possibly the entire countryside. Or, in other words, they grew out of control. Now, let's move on to my favorite part of Season 2 episodes, which is our tasting portion. For this grape, we've pulled three different bottles that are widely available in the U.S. at a Walmart near you. The first is the 2021 Matua Sauvignon Blanc, and it's a fun and neatly colored bottle. Uh, it's blue and white with a tasteful little gimmick attached to it. At the bottom right of the label, you'll find a small temperature gauge that they adoringly refer to as a chill check. It hails from Marlborough, New Zealand, and it's a fresh little delight. When my wife and I opened the bottle, we were immediately overjoyed by the abundant scent of pineapple, lime, and dare I say, mango? It was like being hit in the face with a bag of island fruit. I would say that it was a dry wine with medium to medium high acidity, a light body, and tasted like a bottle of wine and a margarita had a baby. Priced at only $11.99 per bottle, this treat doesn't fail to please, and it would go well with a light cheese platter or something else that's full of carbs that your waistline would be generally opposed to you eating. Both my wife and I quickly agreed that this would be one that we will continue to purchase in the future. The second bottle was the 2020 Prophecy Sauvignon Blanc. This is another bottle that hails from Marlborough in New Zealand and is priced similarly to the Matua. The winemaker states that in your glass you should be able to smell aromas of lemongrass, guava, and snipped greens while tasting flavors such as passion fruit and grapefruit. Unfortunately, this one just didn't stand up as well as the Matua. I want to start with the nose. For one, and for me, all I could pick up was a mix of citrus and smoke, but even that was a little bit jumbled. On the tongue, it felt like a light to medium body dry wine with a strong flavor of grapefruit. Where this fell a little short for me was the length of the finish. It was much shorter than the Matua, and it was seemingly very one note. If faced with the decision to choose this or the Matua when searching for a bottle at the same price point, I would definitely lean towards the latter. The Matua definitely wins out. Finally, the third and last Sauvignon Blanc that we tasted for this episode was the 2021 Whitehaven Sauvignon Blanc. It was yet another one from Marlborough, New Zealand, and it was the most expensive of the three bottles. Expensive is relative. Priced at $15.99, it was definitely the most complex from the three. 
It smelled of passion fruit and kiwi and tasted like ripe peaches and fresh herbs. It had a medium finish and the flavors tended to dance back and forth during the entire tasting. You could tell that the higher price fit the heightened complexity of what you were drinking. And if I had to choose just a few words to describe to someone what they were going to experience when they selected this wine, I would say that this was a balanced yet dry vacation to passion fruit paradise that would go well with some spicy Indian food. It just left me craving more. I loved it. So I would say if you are really stretched on your budget but you still want a really nice bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, I would lean towards the Matua. But if you've got a couple extra bucks and you could spring for it, the Whitehaven is also fantastic and a different experience altogether than the Matua. And with that, we've reached the end of the episode. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I cannot wait to hear what you think of these wines if they find their way into your wine fridge or your countertop. We'll see you next time when we dive into another one of my favorites, Pinot Grigio. And if you wouldn't mind, definitely make sure to rate and review us at any chance possible because it will help the podcast grow. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care and happy holidays.